Hello and welcome to another episode of On the Turnbuckle on mypodcasthouse.com or Stitcher or Switcher or wherever you're listening to it. Very good, eh? And I'll welcome my co-hosts for today. Firstly, Lyle. Uh, how you going, Walshie? Uh, how come you're doing the intro, mate? Well, we'll get into that. Uh, we've got a special okay. guest co-host today. Way more special than you. Danders, welcome. G'day, fellas. How's it going? You better Welcome back. Um, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been it's been a while. And I don't even have to drive to Footscray this time. This is great. This is it good has, for all of has. us, to be honest. <laughs> it's been pretty good. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're down a fallen soldier today. Again, Tony hurt his knee again, has he? Nope. Apparently, someone touched the nerve. No, oh, no. You didn't piss him off in the DMs again, did you, like last week? No, no. He's got a nerve. No, nah, different nerve. Different nerve. Poor Tony's got a tooth problem. He's, uh, he's, he's high on Panadine Ford, I think. So, best to keep him away from <laughs> Oh, you said, oh, you are there, Tony. You are there. So, if, uh, if the listeners, listeners don't know, Tony's not usually high for the shows. But, um, <laughs> Yeah. So, what'd you chip your tooth on, Tony? A, a four-hour-old potato cake? No, it was a dim sim. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, you meant to actually cook them, not even frozen straight out of the no, freezer. They, they, right? It was cooked. It was probably just a bit too crunchy. So, I had a tooth removed today. So, just a little bit uh, Alan Sealy at the moment. Uh, got my can't have all my teeth in. Alan Sealy was a garden guy. You have to speak with a little bit of a lift. I'm glad you're using um, time-appropriate <laughs> references, Tony, that people yeah. are going to love. Well, people my vintage will understand. So I'm leaving it to you guys to do. Enjoy the show. All the best. Bye for now. Thanks, Thank God. He's gone. I'm, I'm um, going to make an enemy of, of Tony early, and uh, I reckon he, his tooth got knocked out when he uh, fell off the bandwagon on the way to Tigerland. Hang on, I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's just taking himself back off mute. Uh... I'm still here. That's a bit harsh. <laughs> I, saw, I saw the jacket and I got triggered. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, yeah, unfortunately. Wish you well, the, Tony. Um, I'm just turning my camera off for a sec because I've lost the uh, run sheet that I know that I'm supposed the to. Run sheet. That's right. We're brought to you by Australian Wrestling Network uh, this week. Uh, like all good weeks, uh, they're sponsoring and the, the shit show. Week. The um, shit, they, they sponsor and, the, shit, the shit weeks as well. Yeah, they're not, they're not uh, fly-by-nighters. They'll stick with us through the very bad, the extremely bad. The and the bad, mediocre. And some good. And some good. Um, yeah, they put up this week's um, EPW collision course from 2021. Mikey Nichols versus Robbie Eagles. So two world-class uh, talents that are stuck in the country at the minute. Um, no, PCW Carnage. Isn't. Well, yeah, we'll talk. get into that. Uh, PCW Carnage just went up. You know, SPW from New Zealand. And check their socials. They've just got a new preview video of stuff that's going up this week. That was very good. Better than the guy who usually reads those out, that's for sure. Um, good episode last week, if I do say so myself. Well, you, you don't tell us it's a good episode when you're not on it, so... Because it isn't. Um, it's uh, just waiting for Tony to unmute himself and fire back. No, he's not... Uh... <laughs> 
Uh, it was good, good chat with uh, Mitchy last week, embarking on his singles run. Um, you know, couldn't go into full depth of the Brat Pack uh, breakup, which Tony was disappointed in, but it'll all come out in due course, and we're looking forward to it. He had a big match on the weekend. So I'll tell you what I am looking forward to um, is discussing the murder of the business on the weekend by our guest. Um, we're joined by, well, let's face it, he killed the business and he yep. joins us now. It's JXT. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here on the turnbuckle, as in podcast, not on the turnbuckle at the Relentless School of Pro Wrestling, tying up the ropes like I just was five minutes ago. Yes, uh, Lyle obviously forgot to send you the the link <laughs> and then told <laughs> us that he had, which um, there's no, going no, to be a meeting after the show. He did send it. Lyle did send it to me. Just he sent it on Instagram and I only check. I don't have the notifications on the phone, so it didn't ping or buzz, but I'm glad to be here. And I blame Walshy. Um, if he's going to yeah. leave me in charge, that's on Walshy. That's not on me. He should know yes. by now. Fair. It's true. You can't yeah. be trusted. Uh, I just want to talk to you about the weekend. Um, you killed the business. Indeed. Um, yeah, well, when um, you have people in the wrestling business come out and say that you know wrestlers shouldn't be pa- uh, playing with wrestling dolls and playing video games online where fans can watch that that's not what being a wrestler is if that's not what being a wrestler is then i don't want to be one so i thought i'd stick it to them <laughs> stick it right up them, and i'd say took uh mate we're going to do a wrestling figure death match the promo was made with wrestling figures of ourselves and the match was, yeah, we took a nice serious turn in it, which I think people didn't sort of see coming. But, yeah, I thought it's a good way to, one, take the piss, two, stick it up, and then three, put on the best form of entertainment we can. And as a result, we've got COVID in the state and there's probably not going to be any shows this weekend. So I hope you're proud of yourself. hope you're proud well, of yourself, JXT. I, I, was, I actually wasn't flying into state this time. I've... Every time I've gone into state, there's been COVID scares. I stayed within my territory. Ballarat is only half an hour up the road from me, so I stay within my regional area of Bacchus Marsh. Yeah, I just wanted to be on record that uh, the threat of lockdown stealing some of your heat has nothing to do with you killing the business. So if no shows go ahead, put all the heat still on JXT, not the uh, the lockdown. Um, um, so how, how long did that video take? Of uh, the, yeah. the wrestling well, figure promo. So, for those that don't know, I made custom wrestling figures of myself and Damien Rivers. Um, I made them sort of the weeks prior because we have been speaking about doing this one day since Deathmatch Down Under started. And when you have an idiot like Nick Berry come out and say that wrestler, wrestlers shouldn't be playing with wrestling figures, I'm like, well, now is the perfect time because everyone's hot at him for saying something so stupid, and we're going to stick it to him. Um, so I made the figures earlier, and on a Saturday, I sat down at about 1, 1 p.m., and I was all right. And I, if you look at the two shots, there's sort of two different layouts because I had an arena sort of half-hour set up, and I was just going to do it there. And mid-doing it, the whole thing fell down. So then I was like, nah, that's it. You know the meme where the guy flips the table up? That was me. I went out in the garage, pulled out the old trussle table, got out all my stuff, set up the whole arena on a table um, and it took me about five, six hours to film it all, cut it all up and get it all done. But it's the best promo I've ever done, so it was worth it. Do you have newfound respect to the guys who make Gumby? What's Gumby? 
Oh, the little, <laughs> the, the little, the little dome man. guy. <laughs> That's how they nah, film that show. I always did because, again, never growing up, massive wrestling figure collector as a child. I used to do the stop motion, and I was horrible at it. So um, I knew how hard it was and how much effort was already in it. So it wasn't like I hadn't done it before. Hence the reason I did it using my hands because if I tried to do stop motion, <laughs> I knew how long I was in for. Um, well, Lover Boy Lockie Hendricks also accused you of, of killing the business. So it wasn't. There's a few people that were um, having a crack. Yeah, and that's fine. Like if every, you know, if everyone else wants to try and get over on JXC's popularity and you know my superstardom, because I obviously have way more followers than all of those people you just named combined. Um, <laughs> let them, because that's the whole point of being a big name. And sorry, the biggest name in Australian wrestling. People, again, that's the whole point. Is I can help give the rub to these other people, whether it be positively or negatively. They're going to try and raise their name by either supporting me or trying to bash me, and that's that's fine. Yeah, well, in the in the in the aftermath of them uh, burying you, uh, Nick's partner has uh, left him, so he's out with a, without a tag <laughs> partner. And Lockie Hendricks died on the weekend. So, who's laughing now? Well, a pretty well. If that's what's happening to them, and I just had one of the greatest matches and most talked about matches of my career, I guess I'm the one doing things right, and they're not. Who's the mark now? <laughs> um, Can I just say, sorry, please, um, no, go. I. And this is probably this is just my point of view, but I would much rather, as a wrestling fan, see Australian wrestlers talking about all their dumb hobbies than sharing anti-vaxxer information. Because <laughs> the difference being, one is killing the business, the other is killing actual people. So I, I yeah. just need to get that in because that shit. <laughs> no, no, you're me great, off. and good you're point. right. This is again with running the Relentless School of Pro Wrestling. We have a lot of students ask about social media. And I tell them, one, it's, it's just it used to be manners. You don't talk politics and you don't talk religion. But it's only going to put you, it's only going to make you a heel to the fans or at least segregate yourself because not all fans are going to believe your same political and religious beliefs. And also, too, with, I tell them with their social media, yes, it's there for your wrestling stuff. But if you don't post anything personal, no one connects with the character or the person behind the character because whenever... I post wrestling photos, they get the least amount of traction, especially if I post like a promo or a match graphic to lead up to something. But if I post a photo of me and my friends going out and doing something or me with my family or me with my girlfriend or me at the footy, people love that shit because people want to connect with the characters or the people behind these characters. They don't want to hear your political beliefs and bullshit, so you're bang on right. Yeah, I mean, it's also the case of people have lost the ability to talk to people who don't agree with them. So, um, yeah, it's best, it's best that, um, that you sort of steer clear of that sometimes. Um, Big time. What was it like uh, when you're lacing up the boots to do your first death match? Scary. It's funny because going in, people are like, oh, especially like no one knew what we were going to do. So they're like, oh, wrestling figure death match. You'll go out there and take the piss. And I was like, yeah. And I don't know if you guys can see on my forehead, I've got a nice few scratches on there, um, nice few deep cuts. And I was like, ah, oh, light tubes. I've never played with them before. Um, so, yeah, it was scary. And even, like, before the match, there was a few nerves and I had, you know, Joel Bateman and Damo sort of being like, oh, you probably shouldn't do that because that's going to hurt more and that's going to injure you more. And I was like, oh, what? Would it? Because I've never played with light tubes before, let alone, you know, bumped on things like wrestling figures or Lego of the same sort of kind. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, it was scary, but it was good because, like, when you, you're doing it 10 years like I have, getting old, 
you sort of you'll need new ways to find that adrenaline rush and when you know you can't have a thousand people in that building every time you got to find other ways like this and you know i was like let's go for it something new something fresh and yeah it was fucking exciting which type of figure sucked the most the hasbro figures there's only three inch and they're thick and they're that they're old they're from that 80s so early nine 80s early 90s so they're um no they're not they're early 90s i think but they're hard plastic whereas i know like in the mid 2000s all the figures coming forward they had to take something out of plastic so it wasn't as hard but yeah they were stubborn and hard they sucked what about getting slammed on the uh the play ring as well that is what hurt the most so um <laughs> the edge that looked so like, like it sucked the middle of the ring was fine it's the edge of the ring because again that's just hard plastic and it's actually like folded over because that's what makes the base of everything that's holding onto so like the middle part is part of the ring brother yeah, the apron of the play, of the play ring. <laughs> my forearm got had a nice, like, big bruised corky because I tried to sort of stop it as I went down. My head smashed the middle of the ring, which wasn't too bad, but my arm on the side of the ring, oh, that killed. Yeah, any, uh, any reactions uh, to any of the light tube cuts or anything? Like, you know, when uh, Cracker Jack stapled you that one time, you did grow another head on your forehead. Uh, there was um, there was initially a plan for a staple gun in the match, and <laughs> before the show, like we had it, and then I was clear. I'm like, I am not taking any staples because of last time the allergic reaction. <laughs> I'm allergic. I still have. You probably see it in the light. There's still a lump in the right in the middle of my forehead. So where it healed over, I have like scar tissue, like where it's healed over. So there's like a permanent lump in the middle. You can see it there in the light in my forehead. And that's permanent. So I'm like, I ain't taking any more staples. But before the match, we couldn't find the staple gun. We lost it. So I was, I was almost probably the universe trying to tell me something there. But now there was no reactions to the light tubes. I've got a bunch of cuts all over my forehead. I wore a beanie when I seen my parents both on Sunday and yesterday. So they, they might have seen it on Instagram. But they, it's only when they see it in person do they freak out. So I was able to keep it from them. And, yeah, so far it's been okay. What was uh, what was your girlfriend's reaction during and when you caught up with her afterwards? So the wrestling is only really new to her. So the last year, obviously, since we've sort of started, you know, hanging out, she's sort of been like introduced to all of the wrestling, and she's obviously been to the death match shows. I've never been in the death matches, but so this one was a bit. I was like, I warned her, like, I, like there will be light tubes. I will be bleeding. You don't have to come to this one, but she wanted to, and luckily she did. Because although we have at death match, and we always have medical staff backstage for those reasons. We're having death matches. People are bleeding and taking a bit more risk than they would on a normal show. Um, but we uh, had a few. Oh, it wasn't even like physical injuries, but it's just some people mentally weren't coping and stuff. So backstage, the medical staff were um, busy. And I was back there and I didn't want to get cleaned up right away because I wanted to milk her on Instagram and stuff. And so I grabbed my girlfriend and I was like, can you just take photos and stuff for me whilst everyone else was busy? And then I couldn't get cleaned up because I can't clean my own back. And so I asked the medical staff if I could just borrow their stuff whilst they deal with everyone else. And she actually cleaned my back up for me. So um, She's a keeper, was, mate. She's a keeper. Yeah, that very was a new supportive. experience. And she wasn't too freaked out by it. She was very helpful. So, um, And she wasn't... Also, she wasn't like, oh, you shouldn't do this. This is not good. She understands it's the passion and that's what it is. 
Um, we went uh, on the uh, this week. You've put the Mayhem Pro Show up on YouTube. Um, talk a little bit about um, getting Mayhem back up and running. So Mayhem Pro started because Philip, as in the Big Rig Fox, and I, uh, at the time, were wrestling a lot of Friday and Saturdays. We were wrestling a lot, and there was no Sunday show. So we wanted just to start. Before you got blacklisted. Yes. So we were wrestling every weekend because we, had, we were getting booked. So we were like, let's try and get Sundays, make them a thing so people get used to it. Then they start building and getting shows. And we started that. Um, and the first one was really good. The second one wasn't as good, but that's pretty normal. Because uh, you know, when you're starting in business and investment, you're probably first two years not going to make money, but then it'll come back in the long run. And then obviously I got blacklisted, which sort of enlightened and like lit a fire in me to say, hang on everything. I'm going to go overseas, which is what I did a couple of times. So then I started going overseas and I just couldn't and do you got it. blacklisted there as well. Yeah. And then when we started the wrestling school, we were like, well, we can't just keep asking DMDU and GPW and places to do us favors and put our students give them opportunities we need to do our own thing you know just so they have like something to work towards because with COVID starting and stopping and lockdowns and some of these guys have been training for over a year and hadn't had a match yet which we felt horrible about so it was almost like a necessity we need somewhere for the students to aim towards so they can get experience and that's another reason we put it on YouTube for free you know we're not running mayhem to become this big all-powering dominant independent wrestling promotion that's going to take over Australia we just want a product that one we're proud of and we can say this is a good example of what we think the standard should be of wrestling, but also so all our students and not just students, anyone that wrestles for Mayhem Pro can have stuff online so that if a promoter or a talent scout or even just a friend says, hey, can I see some of your stuff? Yep, here's a link to my match on YouTube for free and it's all there, ready to go for them. So it's about getting people's names and exposure out there. And you did me a favour as well and helped out a a young kid and in his family who been going through a tough time. And I wanted to thank you for that. And, um, and also they love the show going up because they can relive the night um, moving forward. That's, and that's the best thing. That's what wrestling's for. You know, wrestling is not for super fans that are going to critique everything and get angry off. Even for the wrestlers, it's for families and people like that going through hard times where they can get that escape from that hard time and have a night where they enjoy it. And like you said, they can now go back and watch it and have that little escape from any hard times they've gone through, which is exactly what wrestling's about. Yeah, and that and so, selling out. I'm not sure if you guys are expecting to sell out, especially in this uh, lockdown, not lockdown era of wrestling we're still in. Um, yeah. Selling selling out the first show back that must have been a great feeling. Yeah, we um we didn't like. It's hard because. When you sell out, people think, oh, yeah, they sold out was 80 tickets. No, we, we were at 300 and we were almost oversold and we were almost going to have to have half the wrestlers outside the building. Luckily, we were able to open another room like backstage so that we could have the numbers. Even the Friday before, it was a real runaround to get counseled or approve things and let us know the exact number and it wasn't going to change. And Because, yeah, we expected, you know, if we get 150 people, you know, we'll be happy, it'll be okay, the show will run. But to double that and to still on the night, and even we sold out a week prior and having people ringing and messaging and trying to get more tickets, and especially on the day, there's people that wanted to walk up, um, which was awesome. It sort of shows that we're doing something right and people are not – I think the lockdowns have made people more supportive of local wrestling and local businesses as a whole. 
So, um, yeah, no, it was, it was mind-blowing, really, and overwhelming. So I still can't believe we did it. So we just got to – now we got to back that up, which is the hard thing. But, um, yeah, it was bloody awesome. I can't thank everyone who came down to support enough because without those people supporting and helping us sell out, you know, we're gonna, we were gonna, we would possibly lose enough money to have to close everything. So it's yeah, it's very humbling. <laughs> Do you think that it shows, like, with the success of of that show in that area, that there is a more of a market for wrestling in the more country areas of Victoria, because you don't sort of see those the big sellout shows in the more rural areas. Um, it's hard to say because. Uh, it's easy to say, hey, we sold out, but it was sort of for a combination of reasons. So we banked on myself and Jake Navarra being the main because we both born, lived, grew up in Melton. But even though show was in Bacchus Marsh, Bacchus Marsh is seven minutes from Melton. So we knew that if we had a show with us as the feature, we would have a lot of friends and family come and they haven't been able to come for two years. So we, we knew we'd get at least 100 people just off personal friends and family. Then the beauty of having the wrestling school and having a lot of these students having their first or second match, a lot of them want, had, you know, five to ten friends or family each come. Some of them had more. So to say it was all off the rural area would, be, would almost be a lie. And if we didn't grow up here, like if we did this, in even, even if it was in Sunbury, which is only 20 minutes away, not as many of our friends and family would have come. If it wasn't a lot of our students first or second match, maybe not as many people would have come. So it's hard to sort of say yes. But um, I do think, yeah, wrestling in the country is, I think, something special. And it's very different to wrestling in the city. And I think it should be, yeah, if it's just people need to get out there and do it. Like Gippsland Pro Wrestling has been successful for almost 10 years because they don't overdo it, but they run in that regional area. And local communities, especially like I had a connection with the footy club. Jake has a connection with a lot of the sports teams through his business helping train people. I think, yeah, if you can tap into that, it's definitely something that could work more for other people. And then even having a lot of the, a lot of the workers uh, from the Western suburbs of Melbourne as well, because it's not mm. far from St. Albans. It's not far from Werribee. So um, yeah. a lot of people would have made the trip to back a smash. And we always say that too. Like I hate having to travel over an hour every time I do a show. And if this is the, the beauty is the wrestling schools here in Melton. So a lot of the students are from within an hour of here. So then everyone's friends and family are more likely to come. And like you said, anyone that's living out in this area, we're not starved of it now, but there was a long time there where we were starved of having a lot of wrestling out, you know, this side of the Westgate. Even other entertainment, there's not a lot of competition. No, the Eastern suburbs are huge and there's always stuff happening over there where it's just, like you said, yeah, demographically, we're not as big a population on this side of town. So the more we can do to help our community that I know, me, Jake, and Philip Love, the better. So Let's I've got a talk question a... from. Sorry, I've got Go. one more question. Um, from my kids and my nephews, uh, when is the next Mayhem show and how many times a year are you going to run? So, well, I don't want to say the date purely on we haven't been told yes. Uh, yep. We plan to have one in October, is the plan right now. We're waiting on a yes. The lady who runs the council building, I don't care if this gets back to her. She is horrible. Um, <laughs> she's tried to cancel our show that many times. I've had to go to council, had council go to the state government for me, get everything in written word, sent to her, and for her to still say, nope, because my person at council said otherwise. And then that, that same person from the council would say, I didn't tell you that. Like, So just getting anything past it, the hall is perfect. 
and she's a volunteer and runs it and makes our life hard. So if we could just get it approved, it'd be good. Yeah, Next she's year. making herself important, mate. Oh, man. Oh, don't get me started. So we want to try and run four to six shows next year. Um, ideally, if lockdowns and COVID would piss off. But, <laughs> um, yeah, ideally we'd run four to six next year. So that way, if we ran in back a smash every month, it would kill it because you're not going to get like that. Like I said, for those reasons I said before, you're not going to get that crowd every single time. Like All my friends came to the last one. Some of them will come again. Some that didn't come who saw it will come. But that whole lot that come won't come every time. So you've sort of got to stagnate it out so it's enough time that people will come back again. I think that's another trick to the community or regional wrestling is you can't do it every week or every month because it's just there's just not the population. But, yeah, hopefully we can do four to six, have a nice ongoing flow of shows, especially because it's all going to be online. Let's um, talk a little about the guys who are training with you because we got our first look at a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some real talent down there. You're actually onto something. Yeah, thanks. It was um, another <laughs> overwhelmingly humbling experience was, um, one, not just them having their, their first and second matches. You know, some of them had only had a rumble, but it was more so the overwhelmingly positive response of these guys are so good. You know, they've done so well. Or even people that are already Russell has been training with us is like, they've improved so much. Um, like we see the hard work because we do it four nights a week and to- on top of privates and extras, we're here five days a week training and we see it, but you don't know if it's going to work until they're in front of a crowd and other wrestlers and other people around the business see it and compare it to others. So yeah, that, and it was the same with starting a wrestling school. We were like, oh, are we good enough? Are we qualified enough? Do we know what we're doing enough to teach people this? But um, yeah, it's not on, not all us. Like they've been great students and, a lot of the – we had, I think, I don't know, I think it was like eight have their second match, which has been awesome. So, yeah, just seeing them get out there is um, – and do well is, yeah, overwhelmingly humbling. Is there anyone that um, that performed out of their skin that actually surprised you? They were, they were better than even you expected? Um, well, here's the thing, no, because yeah. we knew how good they were. Um, but the hard thing is in is like convincing them how good they are, I guess. Uh, we put them all in pretty good spots and we wanted to feature as much of our talent as we could. Um, and that was another thing too. We weren't we, – and Big Rig is strong on this. We're not just going to book people because they train with us, you know, although it's a business, but it's not like, oh, hey, you train at our school, we'll book you because there was a lot of wrestlers on that show who have never even stepped foot in our wrestling school. And that's because they're good wrestlers and we, we think they're quality and we're going to – we want to put on a good – quality show because if you put a whole bunch of students on a show and the quality is not there then there's no point but if you mix them in with the other quality and then it gives them a standard you know i think it helps so nah i think there was we didn't want to book anyone that wasn't ready you know every training session finishes with matches so a lot of these guys although that was their second third wrestling match on a show they've had 50 matches because they have one every week the i think opportunity- it's also oh sorry no go um, I think it's also a case of one of the, the things with wrestling is you can be amazing, you can be talented, but if the crowd don't like you, they don't like you. Um, mm. If you had have told me before the show that there were going to be two guys coming out to One Direction in Pokemon jumpers wearing Bret Hart sunglasses and that they were going to be, in my view, one of the highlights of the night, I would have probably laughed at you. Um, 
but they they I just wanted to to give a shout out to the BDE boys because I thought they were so much fun. They just absolutely blew me out of the water, and obviously other people as well. Judging how they've been booked this weekend for DMDU as well. For sure, and like we see it every training session. So you know. Um, the big dude energy boys come in and it lifts the vibe, it lifts the mood of the whole place. And um, they, they're charismatic, they work hard, they're athletic. But the most important thing, and this is what we tell the other students too, so that this is for anyone that wants to be involved or is involved in wrestling, they're not doing well because of all that. They're doing well because of their attitudes. Hmm. Because they've been training for over a year now and this is only their second and third opportunities they're getting. And... It'd be, it's, it's disheartening, you know. I get it too. If I have three weeks without a good show, I get down. So, yeah, their attitudes are amazing. And, yeah, like the talent's there, the charisma's there, the athleticism's there. They put in the work and they continually put in the work. And that's like a lot of the students, yeah. The attitude is the most important thing and we can't stress that enough. And, yeah, those two boys with their big dude energy, they um, <laughs> yeah, they're a great representation of everything we're about. Um, yeah, you had, could just. Sorry. We had Mitch Waterman on last week and we were talking about his match with young Santiago. And um, he, he was blown away by how good Santiago is this early in his career and, um, and was talking about how great it is to, to be able to work with someone that early and, and sort of do them a favor of doing that. Yeah, Mitch, uh, we asked Mitch, like, and this is a lot of the students you know richie too we went to him and said hey can you um ali we're like would you help us even though we're booking you on a show like we'd love you to work with one of our students to sort of it's going to help them more than it will help you but you know and yeah, mitch was great and he's like he said that to us he said i can't believe how good he was he said he listened he knew how to work he was in the right spots every time he didn't miss and um and that's another thing to santiago like we stressed to him i said this to him on the night because we sort of thrust him into a position and put him in the deep end. And we said, I said this to him, I said, you're in this position, not because you're overly athletic and you're super talented. I said, you're in this position because you have the right attitude. You never complain. You always put your head down and do the hard work. And yeah, just to have Mitch, because Mitch has never trained with us. And to have Mitch on his first night, locking up with one of our students in their second match or third match, be like, Hey, this, this guy's great. He's talented and he's, everything that you need it's like awesome you know that's yeah that meant the world to us and Richie's opponent um, Roach mm-hmm. he, uh, I he's really, in the ring right now I can hear him bumping I really enjoyed I really enjoyed him uh, he's another one too so we um, I said this to Big Rig when we opened the school I said even if we're not on shows I want to just be going and being around the scene because it's not just going to help the wrestling school but it's going to help us because although we might not go to places to get booked for ourselves, and that was opening a wrestling school and becoming a trainer slash coach, which still sounds weird. Um, there was a lot of an adjustment for me, myself personally, at least. And so Phil and I went to uh, Gold Class Wrestling out in Geelong one night. So we've got nothing to do. It's a Saturday night. There's a show on. Let's just go check it out. Um, and Scotty Roach was there. And just like everyone else that we said hello to and shook their hands, he was like, hey, guys, I've been wanting to come train with you guys. I think I messaged you once before. But we get that all the time. Hey, I want to come train. Yes, cool. cool. Here's the address. Here's when we're, when, we're, when we're there. Come meet us there. And a lot of people don't come. But he's like, yeah, I want to come train. And to his credit, after that, he did. He started coming. He's here every week. You know, he's twice a week. He's here. He trains. And he's not a guy that we train from scratch, but he's a guy that 
had all the basics and fundamentals down and we're just going to give him a new flavor on things and help him tweak things and just continually improve. And yeah, he, um, he got thrust into that match the week of because we had someone pull out and credit to him. He stood up, he did his job, he did it well. And yeah, another person that, you know, does the hard work and we're glad to see. Yeah. And another one that uh, shone pretty well on that show was uh, James Bolton. And he had a dark match against uh, the big dude energy in Ballarat in the past mm-hmm. weekend. What's it like seeing your guys being booked by other promotions now? Is that uh, like a proud dad moment, coach moment? Yeah, for sure. That's the best part because, like I said, we can think they're good and we can think that we see their hard work. So we're going to almost be biased and giving them opportunities based on what we see at training and what we see outside of shows. But to see other promoters and other bookers and other people within, within the business that have experience and know what they're talking about, say, hey, that James Bolton's pretty good or that big dude energy, they're doing well. Or Bruce Buchanan, like we saw him last week, is he good enough to step in the ring tonight and have a, have a match for us, you know? And just seeing that and having that, I guess, represented from us is, yeah, that is, it's awesome. It's like a big dad moment. And um, it's, yeah, it's just reiterating to, because with wrestlers, we always doubt ourselves, I feel. And it just reiterates that, hey, you're doing the right thing and things are working. So whenever you have one of those dark moments where you're like, oh, is it all worth it? You know, that makes it all worth it for sure. A few of these boys bringing back the 90s shiny pants as well. <laughs> I think that's probably our influence because I think they're... that's definitely your influence. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they're always, you know, we, I am. Um, Jake, because Jake runs the gym, he's already here doing his personal training, strength and conditioning with other clients. He's normally got the speaker, but on a Thursday, Jake's not here or any day Jake doesn't have the speaker, I'll grab it as soon as I can. And I have a a playlist for the school and it's a lot of marquee songs on there. It's a lot of theme songs. Um, I try to stick to it that are actual songs, but sometimes Scott Steiner and Perry Satin's theme just play on loop. (laughs) And like Big Dude Energy are a good example. You know, they're fans of wrestling from like, 05 onwards and I'm like what like why like how like you're like the worst year- period of wrestling I'm like you're like a year younger than me like what are you talking about you know <laughs> and um I, I tell these guys like go back and watch Lex Luger and you know because they were all super fans so they're all going oh Lex Luger he can't work and I'm like no he can't watch you know watch him put his arms up and call for the torch rack and people are going yeah waving their arms and going you know crazy for him and I yeah so I think that's a bit of our influence. Like, go back and watch these guys and go back and watch this match or these talents. And, yeah, I'm glad we've got that influence because we're bringing the 90s back. <laughs> uh, what, what have you added to your uh, latest wrestling collection, mate? What have, you, what have you got in the last couple of weeks? Sadly, like you say a couple of weeks, I'm not a big buyer of figures, especially lately. One, only, again, I stopped. My fandom sort of stops at 2008. So they don't release many figures of people pre-2008. But um, the Ultimate Edition Hollywood Hogan was a must for me, purely because of NWO nostalgia. But um, I recently, I don't know if you guys, sort of signed on to work with Toy World. We did see that. Congratulations. Thank you. We're opening a new mountain store. And my mum sort of sent it to me as a joke. And I was like, nah, well... Because uh, I'm a freelance graphic designer and I'm obviously a trainer here at the wrestling school. So I can sort of work them around any shift work. And I was like, I'm going to contact Toy World and mention the brand ambassador thing I had with Mattel and my retail experience. And I think this could be something we could make work here. 
So, um, yeah, hopefully once we get that Toy World store up and running here in Melton, I'm going to have figures coming in at the Wazoo. And hopefully available at shows too, especially at Mayhem shows because I can put whatever I want on the merch table there. But, um, yeah, I'm hopeful to bringing figures to shows, hopefully. Yeah, I think the kids will love that. Yeah, I remember last time, like, while you said I had all my old figures, that anything that was a spares or extras, I'll sell them for $2 each. I just wanted, you know, kids to have figures and mainly to get rid of them. I didn't want to throw them out. So, but yeah, I'm hoping to, hopefully we can bring some brand new stuff to shows too. So we can, again, like one of my biggest things was as a wrestling fan, I love wrestling figures. So hopefully if you go to a local wrestling show, at least the JXT's on, you can still, you know, enjoy your wrestling and see wrestling figures. Because there's things that like are synonymous for me with wrestling. You know, barbed wire, lighting trusses, cages, guardrails, turnbuckles. And then when you got merch, you got t-shirts, 8 by 10s wrestling figures. Yeah, well, I can tell dolls. you, my, 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 kids, uh, my kids did buy all, all your figures and I have slowly stolen them off them and put them <laughs> in my uh, figure bins and stuff. So, But when that no. album store gets Hang open... So you stole make... them and put them in the bin? No, no. no he... My figure bin, a figure bin, they're uh, locked away. I know what you're talking the about, figure talk. Yeah, yeah, figure talk. Uh, so, but when the mountain store does open, if any figs that I need, just make sure top of the shelf on the right-hand side, and I'll come in and pick it up. Well, here's something for everyone listening. Toy World do uh, customer holds for at least a week. So if you call up or you go in and see it and you don't have the money at the time or they get something in, you can just go, hey, can you just hold that for me? And they'll take your name and number and they'll hold it for a week for you. So there's a little insider trading to the Toy World Central world. (laughs) So Toy World do rest holds as well. That's good to know. They do. (laughs) So hypothetically, your house Mm -hmm. is on fire. You can Mm -hmm. only grab one one figure. That's a good one. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh, see, I've got many two minds. Do I grab what's worth the most money or do I grab what's most important to me? Um, can you rebuy the one that's most important no, to you? No, you can never buy another figure again. This has to be the figure that you're going to have. This is a really life. bad fire. <laughs> I'm grabbing my Ringside Collectibles exclusive classic superstars, Taz. Um. It was the first uh, first figure I bought from Go Figure Collectibles. It was at the Armageddon Expo that RVD and Sabu did a meet and greet at. Uh, it was forty dollars at the store, and I, um, being a you know fourteen year old that was only getting twenty bucks pocket money, that's a, week, a lot of never, money. Yeah, I'd twenty never bucks a week. Than, no, I would have been sorry. It would have been ten. Oh, I was going to say. Gonna say was, you must be no, mowing sorry. some serious lawns. Nah, Gersa was making me work for it. But um, <laughs> I remember because it was every second week I could get a figure because they were roughly 20, 25 bucks. But this Taz figure was 40 and I was like, well, that's too much. And I waited all day and at the end of the day, I'm like, nah, I have to buy it because I'll never see it again. And I didn't. So that's the one. But I will say this. I actually thinking like out of everything I have, I'm going to insure my wrestling figure collection, I think, because that's worth more to me than anything else. <laughs> Smart. Well, I mean, yeah, you probably... You want some content insurance on your house anyway, just saying. Well, Grand maybe. Now. Come on. Well, yeah, but I live with my mate Jackie Walker, so it's his house. I just um, – it's funny. You speak to people, they're like, oh, assets. I'm like, yeah, the only asset I've got is my wrestling video collection. Until I bought this wrestling ring at the Relentless School of Pro Wrestling. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, It was funny. My, my One of my friends, the O-Train, he got engaged this week. And like me and my missus have only been dating not, not long, like jokingly. 
she was like, oh, look, she got a ring. And I was like, yeah, I bought a ring this year. What are you talking about? It's at the school. <laughs> and, uh, and thank goodness, because I think uh, at the last Mayhem, the last one I remember, I don't know which one it was, the, the Sunday afternoon one, you needed binoculars to, to see into the ring because, my goodness, it was high. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Judd Newman, Juddy, yeah, rest in peace to Juddy. He bought that – he built, sorry, he built that ring with his bare hands from scratch, like – just off memory and Googling stuff. And um, it got us, if it wasn't for Juddy building that ring and selling it to us, we wouldn't have uh, started the school because we happened to have it or Philip bought it off him uh, years prior. And then if Philip didn't have that ring, the school wouldn't have been an idea. So that got us jump started. But you're right, that ring was so tall and it had so many <laughs> other issues. And um, that's why we bought this one. And I'm so glad we did because we don't have any problems. It goes up, it goes down, it looks good. It's yeah, such a less stress office. I remember so, my friend, uh, my friend Emma, who I believe is a student at the Relentless Personal Training. I, mm-hmm. She was sitting on the other side of the ring, and I could not see her. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I'm on yep. the opposite side to you. I'm like, where? Yeah, and that's it. For some reason, that was the main sort of thing that was odd with it. Like, other than the way it was built and stuff, but everything else looked fine. For some reason, the apron, like from the floor to the apron, was so high. I don't know why. Um, you got a big match this week at uh, DMDU. I do. So, which was originally blacklisted against uh, Richie Taylor and Shaz McKenzie. Mind games from Richie Taylor trying to get my old tag team partner of Shaz XT involved. But um, the match that would have set IWTV alight, but border restrictions and COVID. Will the show even go ahead now? We don't, we don't know. know. But if it does, uh, Richie's called his brother, which I thought was ironic. Because lately, especially in the last year with COVID, obviously people's lives are changing. But I hate whenever anyone retires from independent wrestling. Like you don't retire from independent wrestling. That's like saying I'm retiring from local footy or local indoor soccer. Like you're not retiring. You just stop playing. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) you know, we're not at that level. And Richie's brother is one of those people that retired because he made all these fucking big heights to retire from. You know, retiring is for legends and people that make careers out of something. And um, he's coming out of retirement. Oh, coincidence. You know, independent wrestler comes out of retirement because there's no such thing as retiring independent wrestling. And he's coming out of retirement, which is funny because um, Richie's like, oh, this is personal. This is personal after he cheap shot me. So um, it's cool that we can get his family involved and uh, fuck him up. So, yeah, so apologies to Mrs. Taylor in advance for what you do to her two boys, I'm assuming. Yeah, big time, right? Richie is the DMDU heavyweight champion. Apparently, I should be the champion because that match shouldn't have happened as, as it did. And I am the biggest name in Australian wrestling, the franchise of Deathmatch Down Under. So he can have the belt. That's like when Hogan didn't have the belt, he was still the guy. I am the guy at DMDU. I'm the face. I'm on the posters. I'm the, the person that everyone talks about after every show. The show this week, what match are we talking about? Oh, wrestling figure deathmatch. Who did that? JXT. Same thing will happen this week. So, Richie Taylor, enjoy the limelight with me while you can, brother. Um, are you looking forward to getting back to the Essendon venue, the Ukrainian oh, yes. uh, community center? Yes, good. I'm glad you bring this up. So, like, it's funny because, like, I see that venue. That's where I did most of my growth as a wrestler, especially in Australia, like, that venue, we sort of started, you know, getting 100 people in there to where it was selling out at 250, 300 every single time. And that's where 
like me as a wrestler, I found myself, I found my groove, I understood what I was and how to work and how to get over. And that's building is, oh, I was so, I hated like when that venue stopped getting used. And um, to, when they told me we're going back there, I was like, this is it. Like we're going, like I, I left the place where I was before because they were like, oh, we don't see you as someone that could be a top guy at our company. And now the company that we've started, where I am a top guy, we're going into that same building where they said I couldn't do that and I'm going in as a top guy. Like, yeah, it's um, it's almost like full circle and it almost tells me, oh, good thing you stuck at it and didn't give up when you people told you you should have because, yeah, you've done the right thing. And it's just um, personally, it's big connection for me, yeah. Very important. Yeah, and, I mean, we've seen a really good evolution from you in the last 12 months as well. So um, I think everyone's enjoying what you're doing. Um, or hating what you're doing in the right way. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, for sure. Thanks a lot for joining us again. Um, where can people catch you if they want to come and learn how to be a wrestler? If you want to learn how to be a wrestler, uh, you can just hit me up at JXT underscore official on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Just send me a DM. Or if you want to check out our school, it is the Relentless School of Pro Wrestling. We are located in Melton, which is about an hour west of Melbourne. Um, come we we had a guy tonight just come and he was like oh i want to wrestle and he's like well i just want to and i was like well sweet do you want to sign a waiver and jump in tonight he's like oh can i do that there's no tryouts there's no screen there is a screening once you start but if as long as you sign up you know we're ready to screen you test you and obviously jake being a trained personal trainer and strength and conditioning coach will obviously find out where you're at and we're not going to destroy you you know i think that's the misconception is oh tryouts what do i need to do to be ready for training. No, nah, nothing. You come and sign up. You're ready. We'll make, we will cater to you. You don't have to come, you know, already yeah. look, looking like Hulk Hogan. So, um, Relentless School of Pro Wrestling at JXC underscore official at Mayhem Pro. If you want to check out some awesome wrestling, please subscribe to us on YouTube. We're going to keep dropping more matches, more shows, and more content for you all to watch. And yeah, I think that's it. Thank you, JXT. Back to part two of On the Turn, Michael. That was a, a great chat with JXT. He's always uh, one of our special guests on. He's probably got the record now. Surely he's up to four or five episodes he's done now. Him and Davis Storm would have been tied. Uh, yeah, good. Get the, he's got a lot going on. The Relentless School, Mayhem. Got a lot yeah, going hope, on. Killing the hope- business. Hopefully we asked about all that. I can't remember. I hope so too. I hope so. Um, Lyle, you were complaining um, off air. I hate to bring up the stuff that we talk about off air, but you were complaining that um, Dan does never responds to your messages when you message her. See, this is going to be weird because we had a joke and Dan wasn't even with us yet. And it was, uh, she always replies to my messages. You just said that, was it weird sliding into a girl's DMs? I said, no, I message Dandas a few times a week and we 
and I jokingly said she never replies, but that's not the point. I just want to be seen. I don't want to converse with anyone. That was the awkward joke that you're trying to make. Um, I'm not the one making it awkward. Danders, how many times does Lyle <laughs> slide into your DMs a week? Look, to be honest, I was I was happy to respond until the other week where Lyle prioritised driving his children to a show <laughs> over me. And, uh, yeah, now, now he can just reap the benefits of that and go straight into the scene box. Well, does he yeah. know the whole story of what that forced you to do before the show? Eat a palmer out in the cold on the side. Oh, my God, by myself. By myself. I could have been I didn't, abducted. I, I didn't know that. It wasn't I a hot night. You, you know, it was freezing uh, back at Smash. I knew you got there because you sat beside me and, um, you know, when I went to the bar, you looked after the four kids that I'd brought with me. So you're very, very good person to sit beside. Highly recommend sitting beside Danders if you bring kids to a wrestling show. I do not recommend that. I was very lucky. Joel was uh, Joel Bateman was nice enough to to give me a ride, but the the downside of that being we had to get there three hours before the show, so I had plenty of time to eat a eat a Palmer by myself outside at um, whatever the Irish pub is in Bacchus Marsh. There's two pubs there. One of them has a really good schnitzel. They're probably both Irish. Let's face Plan- it. Flanagan's. <laughs> Flanagan's, um, yeah. Top notch schnitzel at Flanagan's. <laughs> He's just standing by, standing by in case there's food-related questions. I love it. Um, <laughs> on a more somber note, this is the worst segue in history. Uh, oh, great segue. Tough week um, for Mr. Wonderful passing away, Paul Orndorff. Uh, yeah, WWE Hall of Famer. One of the biggest draws against Togan in the 80s. You know, had a run with WCW in the 90s. Yeah, sad. Been sick for a little bit. Um, I actually can't remember how old he was. But um, what are you waving at, Tony? He oh, was uh, 71 years old. He would have been 72 on October 29th. Um, yeah, and look, I mean, he was such a good heel that when I was a kid um, and he's, he turned babyface, I got so um, scared for Hulk Hogan's safety for trusting Paul Orndorff. Because he couldn't be trusted. Like, he was that good of a heel. Um, and I think I saw a stat that, that that's every opponent from WrestleMania 1-6 to six that Hulk Hogan had that's now passed away. Yeah. Is that all of the Heenan? Okay. You shared a photo in, in the chat of the Heenan family that have all passed as well. So that was seven or eight guys. Um, yeah, well, all our heroes from our childhood getting up there in age. So, yeah, very sad. Um, yeah, and uh, on better news, a uh, friend of the show, Mr. Robert Eagles, is uh, back in Japan. Yes, bit of a surprise uh, for all of us, maybe especially you, Elshi. Uh, wrestling for the junior heavyweight title in the, on the 25th of July in the Tokyo Dome, mind you. So he's not mucking around. He's uh, sharing some videos online of him walking around now that he's out of uh, quarantine. Um, well, I mean, yeah, so super, super cool. You'd think that I would have known, like being family friends with him now. Um, but I mentioned to my, uh, my fiancé, Steph, like, oh, Robbie Eagles is in Japan. She's like, yeah, I know. I've known, known for, for ages. A while. <laughs> I've 
<laughs> for ages. Like, I mean, you could have given me the heads up. Yeah, yeah I, well, assu- you know. I assumed you knew. Yeah, it's good to see your fiance kayfabe and you of a business she doesn't know a lot about. Um, so that's good. That's good. Yeah, there's a, a cool video done by uh, Video Boy Jax. It's on Robbie's Twitter, encapsulating his last six months of what he's done in, in Australia. So that, that was pretty cool. So, yeah, really looking forward to it. To that'd, be a lot of video. that'd be a lot of video of Robbie taking pinfalls, wouldn't it? Oh, you seem very, oh, yeah. very <laughs> not happy. You are not happy that he didn't tell you. But, oh, no, I'm just so. saying he's been doing the right thing while he's been here. Oh, and okay. um, giving people the rub. And Duke Hudson made his NXT debut, the former Sexton and Vink and Tony Modger. He's a, a bit of a former. Uh, yes, he's re-debuting his debut of a debut. Uh, yeah, he defeated uh, Iki Manjuro in the breakout tournament on NXT that started this week. It was actually a really uh, good match. Uh, he didn't do a lot. Uh, he let the other guy bump around him, which is what you want from your six foot six guy that looks amazing. Um, yeah, very six smug. Foot five. Six, six foot five. Six foot five. Yeah. On his tippy toes. Um, I was trying to give him a, an extra inch. WWE should be. It's his handle. I know. It's his handle. Well, that doesn't mean the commentators are going to say he's that tall. Uh, yeah, he looks amazing when he walks out there. He's leaned out a bit as well. Um, but Stopped he still eating looks 100 burgers a week. <laughs> no, he hasn't. He hasn't. He's did, still living off pizza and ice cream. Did you um, see his uh, promo that they released on Twitter? Um, it's the, it's him at his smug best. He's basically said <laughs> that um, he told them last he told uh, them last year that he's happy to work for NXT, but Wednesdays he's poker night. So if they change <laughs> NXT to Tuesdays, he'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. That's very clever. Obviously, he's very creative. So um, yeah, hopefully he gets a good run at it. Um, if he can bring a lot of his creativity to the character and stuff that we get to see on screen. I think it'll work. And um, MCW will hit, um, will be online. The latest show goes online on the, is it the 18th? The 18th on Fight TV. So Sunday uh, night, I believe. Um, Check Fight TV. It'll be up there. From all reports, the show was good. We weren't there live. Um, but yeah, looking forward to catching it on Fight TV. Some really good matches and good reviews online so far. What match I think do you there was think? Only six, sorry, I think there was only six matches, which um, is crazy because they're normally a pretty stacked card. But I guess COVID probably would have had a lot to do with that. Yeah, there was a couple um, of late pullouts. So Mikey Broderick couldn't couldn't get down. So yeah, all promotions are going to experience. Hmm. Um, Card subject to change is uh, no more real now. What mm. match are you looking forward to the most, Danders? From that show? Yeah. Um, I should probably say the Mile High Club, but I'd actually really like to see um, – I've watched them lose enough. Um, I'd like to see Villani versus Cava, I think would be really good. I think it's going to be one of the first times that you see Academy versus Academy talent. Um, going head to head, and um, Villani's had a couple of great matches. Um, this year, I know he's King of Colac 
the one against Jet Ruka was amazing. That's on YouTube. Yeah, that's probably the one I'm going to be most excited for. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to my dream match of Royce Chambers versus Gore. But um, I agree with you. Um, it's good to see them having faith in two academy guys to wrestle against each other, and I hope we see more of it. Yeah, and I think um, the most impressive part is that I think that that match was actually on the day they were told that's happening. I don't know if I meant to say that, but whatever. Um, on the day, those two found out that they would be wrestling, so full credit to them. Yeah, it's good. And they've got Fusion starting back up in September, I believe. So, yeah, hopefully those Academy guys get a bit more experience and being on the main shows as well. So it's good. Like JXT said, the guys have got to get experience against, you know, veteran workers. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing them roll out some more Academy kids. Uh, Lyle, you, for some unknown reason, wanted to go to Ballarat on the weekend. Oh, that's pushing it, saying I wanted to go to Ballarat. I had plans Saturday night that fell through, and I was able to use my media card to get a ticket to a sold-out show in Ballarat, Deathmatch Down Under. So, yeah, I made the trek down there. It was a very cold night. Uh, lucky I wasn't out in the line for too long. Uh, lucky, you didn't, yeah. lucky you didn't stop at a pub to get a palmer in the in the cold to sit outside. Yes. All right, yes. all right. <laughs> I did, I did, if I was going to get a palmer at a pub, I definitely wouldn't have got, got it outside. I would have. No, yeah, to be fair, was, there was no the, choice. There was no choice. They were like, it's booked out. And I, I walked in. I was like, there's literally no one in here. I'm going to be in here for 45 minutes. Uh, and they were like, no, sorry, we can't. And look, I'm sure it's like COVID rules or whatever. But no, it, was good, it was a good don't like palmer. cleaning tables. That too. That too. If I had have gone to Ballarat, though, the Sporting Globe is right there off the road. I could have got, uh, could have got a Palmer there. Yeah, they've also got that beautiful, the most beautiful McDonald's building in Australia in Ballarat. As you drive in, the one at Clifton Hills, pretty nice. It's got that little establishment on the side. That's number two. <laughs> the, the establishment on the side, not the McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> Are these uh, official rankings or your personal? Well, she. Uh, I read this on Tony's blog. Oh, okay. well, he's a man that knows about food um, and establishments yeah. on the side. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, back to deathmatch. Uh, come correct, uh, where the JXT killed the business. And if no matches go ahead in Melbourne this week, well, hopefully he'll, he'll be. Yeah, it'll be it'll be Josh Extreme's fault. Yep, uh, definitely. Uh, yeah, it was a, a really good venue for wrestling. Super. Tight, yeah, there's only 100 tickets sold. Uh, very cramped venue, but the crowd was hot for all the matches. Uh, Will Walker stepping up on show day in this COVID times, like Dan just said about MCW, people are going to get thrown into the deep end. Will Walker wrestled against Vixen because uh, Guido was uh, sick. So Guido had COVID, yep. Yes, uh, unfortunately, we... Um, we put a, all put our forks out and prayers for Guido to get better. Um, the show without Guido is it's not a show. A lesser, it's a lesser show. Um, so yeah, he jumped in the ring with Vixen in his first death match, held his own. The crowd, the crowd went home dry as a result of Guido not being there. Uh, <laughs> well, I know it was that small when JXT uh, spat his white claw. It may have got a few people in the front row. Ooh. 
Um, you know, Richie versus Mad Dog for the you know heavyweight title. That that was fun. A real Richie and Mad Dog match. What you expect. Uh, Jake's team demo, which we went through. Um, it was matches after that, so it didn't straight away kill the business. Might be a, a slow build. It's a slow burn. Slow News burn. has to get out. Yeah. Trickle um, down economics. Yes. Uh, yeah. Callan versus York in the uh, the strap. No, the dog collar match. Uh, they're not normally good matches, but that was entertaining. They took a couple of crazy skewer spots. In the upper bicep. Oh, no shoulder. spoilers. No spoilers, Lyle. Well, hey, my, I'm just to say that match was good. Check it out on IWTV when they release it. Um, you know, got to give the give the listeners something. And taking the skewer spot right on top of the bald head by York. Um, so he's gone up a couple of notches in my book. And the main event. Um, it sort of fell apart. I think this event was a little bit snake bit by the uh, COVID lockdown and border closes. And then, you know, there was an injury at the start of the main event to Crusher, unfortunately. Hopefully he's okay. Yes. All reports he's doing well now. Uh, Will Walker stepped up again in his second death match of the night and career. And there, yeah, the crowd lost it and they gave him all the praise and, you know, cheered him along, and I think he won the crowd over definitely that night. And Joel, you know, helped save the show by showing well, his I mean, experience and uh, by being able to walking through a match with a virtually inexperienced wrestler in a main event, which saved the show. So, yeah, um, I'm looking forward to it going online. Um, well, I, I feel like the, I've already watched it. Well, yeah. <laughs> The short, abridged version of it. Uh, the crowd was hot for it, so I think it'll translate well to TV. Um, Lyle's, Lyle's review obviously went longer than what the show went, but um, other than that, uh, look, I spoke to Joel, and um, honestly, those shows are all about finding people that they can rely on moving forward, and in that terms, in that sense, that, that show is a success because they found a guy that they can definitely rely on moving forward in Will Walker. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and they've got a show this weekend, which JXT touched on earlier in our interview with him. Um, Lyle, you want to preview that one? Uh, preview, uh, quick preview. Uh, peer pressure for dead people. Joel Bateman versus Vixen in the main event. No rope, barbed wire match. Um, I know these guys have wanted this match since ever since they both got into wrestling. So it's cool that they can tick this off the bucket list. Uh, no Jessica Troy or Charlie Evans, obviously. You know, Callum Butcher versus Royce. It's a, a uh, intriguing match as well. Yeah, it's some sort of a door door match. Door match. So you know, um, lots of doors. Interesting. Let's see what's um, behind door number two. This will I be. I want to hear that. Um, you know the advertisement for the doors, 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 big doors, yes. small doors. I want that as the uh, as the entrance music. Um, cut that yeah, look, I'm, I'm pretty sure yeah, that'll be funny. But I, I do think this will be probably the most violent match that uh, Royce has had. So he's a bit out of his element. So we'll see how he goes. Um, in. I don't, yeah, I don't know how violent it will get, but um, it's obviously a gimmick match, so we'll see how it goes. 
Yeah. I saw and Royce having um sorry to keep interrupting. Uh, no, I saw that, Royce having bacon on <laughs> having bacon on raisin toast, so I hope he gets the shit beaten out of him. They should not have raisin kind of, toast. Yeah. Yeah, that did look horrible. Don't worry, I've sent him to his room. To think about <laughs> what he's done. Yeah, and final boss, Jake Andrew after versus Delta from Riot City Wrestling as well. She uh, looks incredible. Like, she is a specimen of an athlete. TV ready, look-wise, straight away already. Um, Her arms would crush you. Mm. Well, not just me, probably Jake. So it's probably his toughest opponent he's coming up against, if we're honest. Um, oh, I don't think he'll win. No. He might be the uh, the second boss, not the final boss. After Saturday night. Anyway, uh, there's still a few tickets remaining if COVID doesn't shut the whole world of Victoria down. Thanks, Gladys, you bitch. Um, I can't believe that we're going to possibly go into another lockdown. Um, on Sunday. Let's just hope it happens on Sunday. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mind you, at least I get to work from home. Um, so upcoming events, COVID-dependent. Prote- COVID uh, Friday, the 16th of June, July, sorry, not June. Uh, PCW Slam, the final stop before the Destiny ladder match, which Lyle falsely proclaimed was last week. Um, Destiny is one of my favourite shows of the year. Saturday, the 17th of July, DMDU, peer pressure for dead people. In Essendon at the Ukrainian. Yep, same thing. Um, Ukrainian Hall in Essendon, few tickets remaining. QWA in Townsville has dominance. And I saw Pro Wrestling League of making a comeback in in Brisbane. Um, Yes, a teaser video went out on the socials this week. um, Some good people involved in that. So... um, Congratulations, Brisbane people. I think you're going to have a, some really good shows. If you've got an idea for a podcast, it's probably better than ours. Contact my podcast house or on the turnbuckle through our Facebook pages and we can help you get it on the air. Um, thanks, Danders, for filling in for Toothy McTooth. No, it's My pleasure, gentlemen. And Lyle, can you message Tony in time to come and stop this recording? No, we we can just walk away and, and he'll have to edit out the uh, eight hours of dead air when he wakes he won't up in edit the morning. It. What he will do is he'll just put It'll it be in. our longest podcast ever. Yeah, he's a buffoon. <laughs> a nine-hour podcast of 45 minutes of talking. Uh, yes, well, I'll catch you guys next week on the Turnbuckle. <laughs>